0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of GCS Connect Leaders Series. We've got Andrew Strain joining us today and he's the CTO of AAC Clyde Space. Really interesting company and I had the pleasure of speaking with him about some exciting parts of their business and how their work connects with our daily lives. Him and his team are doing some really innovative work with satellites, collecting data and building software that is really pushing the space industry forward. Enjoy. <music> Good morning andrew good morning how are you today i'm good thanks how are you yeah very well very well we've got to it's friday today obviously we won't release this on a friday but it's always good to have on a friday morning everyone's in a chipper mood so so welcome to everyone to all our listeners on the 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 leaders podcast so we've got andrew strain with us today he's the cto of a business uh, called aac clyde space the work within the, the space industry um and um you know really excited to have them here they've got a lot of really interesting kind of tale to tell um andrew's got 16 years uh experience in the industry as an engineer kind of rising up to cto and really growing alongside Clydespace, which is similar to to Meister of GCS, you know, both started at the kind of the bottom and grew with the business. I think they call us intrapreneurs, Andrew, you know, <laughs> we have helped to kind of grow the business together. But um, but yeah, tell us a bit more about your role. Tell us a bit about Clyde Space and, and, and what the business itself does. Sure. So
1: we're a, a, um, a space company and the part of the space industry that we, we mainly operate in is, is kind of known as New Space. Um, and the idea behind that is we are, we are looking to try and be a little bit more, Um, low cost um, cost effective commercially focused in the space industry so rather than launching satellites that cost billions and billions of pounds um, and them staying up there for 20 30 years we're looking at a much smaller scale of satellite going into low earth orbit lasting for maybe three five seven years Um, and we're using kind of newer technologies and things like that so my role within that is to look at what technology do we need um, to deliver the types of missions that we're trying to do. Um, we're we're looking at different types of um, data that we can get from low-Earth orbit, different types of um, ability to move the satellite around, more processing power, more power in general. Everybody wants more. Um, And when you tell them they can have it for less, they still want more. Um, So we're looking for what what do we need to do next to try and kind of push the boundaries of what's possible in in the space industry? My my role within within the group. So we have have six companies in the group um, across across the globe. Um, We've got Glasgow, Uppsala, Gothenburg, Fairfax, Cape Town and Delft. Um, And we have a range of different capabilities. So some of our sites are very focused on subsystems, so bits of satellites. Um, and some of the, sure. the kind of building blocks of the satellites that we would put together. Some of the sites are looking at the full mission: um, how we get it into orbit, how we get the data down, how we run the satellites, and how we then deliver that to the customer. So, I look across all of that and see how do we tie all of those different technologies together to give us the best
0: solution possible across the whole thing. So, so when you when you when you joined the business, Andrew, um, obviously what you what you were doing at the time is. is is what Clyde Space was focused on then, sixteen years ago, similar to, to what you're doing now? Is it been a kind of journey of progression yeah. or could you have could uh, yeah, you have foreseen that? Um
1: I, I think it would have been difficult to foresee it. Um and, and there's it's changed beyond all recognition, really. Um and that, that comes from the fact that we when we started out, we were um, the I think the second company in the world um, looking to commercially deliver parts for CubeSats, which is the very small satellites that we build, the kind of um, 10 by 10 by 10 cube is the, the smallest size of them. And I think the, the, the reason that it's changed so much is that that concept came from... Um, a couple of guys in uh universities in the United States who were looking for a way of getting people involved in space and teaching them how to build satellites before they were going out into the, the, the kind of the working world. Um and they came up with this standard to allow people to try things out, build satellites at a, a kind of lower cost approach and there were um missions being led by universities in the United States. So what we were doing was we were supplying bits to those satellites. The power systems was where we started, Um, and we we kind of fed that through. And then over time, um, what started to happen was people started to do useful things with those satellites. So rather than just being a learning tool, it was like you could get... Useful data. You could get scientific information. You could use them as a, a technology demonstration because it was it was much cheaper to launch one of these satellites than it was to get a new component and put it into a really expensive satellite and not trust it. You know, people yeah. won't do that. They they want heritage. So you you were able to use these satellites for useful things, which meant that the, the kind of the institutions, the your, your NASA's, ESA's, people like that started to look at it and say, okay, there's there's an option to to do something here. Um, so our customer yeah. base changed from universities. To um some of the institutional places and a little bit more um rigor would, would go into the the types of things that people were looking for um and through that process we also looked and said well we, we started off with power systems, but actually what we what we want to do is we want we, we have the capability and there's nobody yet de- developing and delivering full satellites um or, mm-hmm. or or very few if there was any and we we kind of looked at what else do we need to do what other systems do we need to be able to grow that capability for ourselves, move move ourselves up um that, that kind of growing value chain. Um, so we did that, we built a satellite, um, for, um, some partners, some funding, um, went through a full mission, um, delivered that to Orbit. Um, and then after we'd done that, we started to see that commercial people were starting to look at it and say, well, actually, if you can do useful science and technology demonstration, can you actually gather data that you can sell and do commercial applications for this because it, it's a whole other business model um to traditional space mm-hmm. um so our customer base has changed from universities to institutions to um and, and there's also a, a kind of um defense military element to it sometimes they are looking at it and saying how, how do we use that um and our supply of uh capability has changed from subsystems to missions to uh, subsystems to platforms to missions to delivering data so we've, we've kind of moved ourselves up the value chain as the industry has grown yeah. around us as well so everything's changed essentially um we're, we're still based on on the same ideas and the same approaches and development of the same processes um and, and the, the ideology that we follow but completely different customers completely different uses for the satellites and we're, we're always kind of pushing what's what's next and what can we do and how, how do we how do we make it useful?
0: Yeah, it's it's it, it's really it's really interesting. I guess when you think when you, when I think about it, as you think about it all the time. But you've obviously progressed. That like you said your second company doing this type of technology. So you've obviously progressed with that. Are the other company that were doing at the time still around? So They still yeah, the competitor. Yeah. They're
1: still they're know, still there. Yeah, they're still there. They're, they're still there, and there are a lot it's, more. It's a lot more competitive than it yeah, was yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah,
0: to the market that sort of thing and, yeah. and as, a, as a leader within the business and obviously you know I, I know this like you start with the business the business grows around you so you become a leader you know as being to be hired by as a leader what sort of challenges has that given you you know you, you're working in an area that's constantly evolving that that is that is you know the new frontier as it were We can use a Star yeah. Trek analogy if you know something but you know how does that how does that change what what you've done as a leader and how you've kind of presented the technology to your team and to the people that you're working yeah. with? I,
1: I, a lot of it is is around there's nobody to tell you how to do it. You can't sit around and yeah. wait and expect somebody to say, This is the rules, this is this is the boundaries yeah. that you're allowed to push to, and this is the this is the box yeah. that you live in. Our industry and, yeah. and for, for me it's never been it's never been possible to do that because when you're at the front yeah. of something like this people haven't done it before so you have to you have to learn and figure out and try things and do things that maybe other people haven't done you need to look at the risks and balance them against what it is you're trying to do and try and find that sweet spot between doing enough engineering and and, and using enough new technology in a way that's going to be reliable and actually deliver and you can we can pull on other industries and we can pull on traditional space industry as well so in in the the kind of European market, there's the, the European Space Agency is kind of the the umbrella that everybody everybody looks to. It's, they've got a whole set of standards, but those standards are built up over decades of doing space missions in a particular way. Whereas we are trying to do something that's not quite the same as that. So there's loads of things that we can learn from that and we can tap into in terms of processes, technology, all the rest of it. But we have to be able to look at that and say question it why 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 is it that you've got that why is it that you've done that what is the what's the reason behind it because it might not all be applicable mm-hmm. to what we're trying to do and trying to balance and, and assess those things and then select the technologies that satisfy the the kind of need of what we're trying to deliver but also mm-hmm. taking the learning from other industries and, and 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 sort of merge that together is is a real challenge mm-hmm. and then trying to find people to kind of bring in and there's not always the, the resource pool um you know when you're when yeah. you're at the forefront of an industry, you need you need to tap into other industries you need to tap into people who have got transferable mm-hmm. skills you need to look at it and you need to grow the people as well so you can't That's do right. it all on your own you know and i mean we, we've gone yeah. from so i like mentioned earlier I, I joined about two people i think there's about 180 people in the group now so mm-hmm. i yeah. i kind of found that when you pass about 30 people like you get to a, a company size of about 30 people you can see everything and you can control it by person, and you can you can guide, and you can you can lead, and you know a lot of it's people to people based. And then when you pass that point, you can't see everything anymore. You've got to you've got to be able to right. have the people around you to, to delegate off to to let them go and run with something, but trust that they're doing right. it in the way that is what you've learned. You need to do in this kind of burgeoning industry. So it's it's kind of tricky. That's a t- tricky transition as well. So we we've been through that where well the technology needs to grow the team and the way you work needs to grow as well um, and that's really challenging and it's, it's really challenging to let things go as well you know like I'm a yeah, little bit of a control freak on that it's, it's...
0: yeah I, I, you you and me sound very similar in both of our experiences and and that sort of thing and it's true that you're going to get to a point where as a leader you have to you know, give responsibility, you have to delegate and you have to learn when to kind of get involved and when not to, to get involved, but I still kind of keep that vision and that strategy ongoing. Um, and what particularly interests me about Collide Space is obviously talk about the engineering side, which is obviously kind of the nuts and bolts of putting satellites together, but also the kind of, you know, from speaking to people in the business is also now tracking on the software side and the data side and, you know, data points side. Has your role, you know, is that is that, has your role kind of changed? Like you said you kind of came into the industry as an engineer, but now obviously you're doing a lot more on, on the software side. Is that, has that been something you've had to retrain yourself and, and, and understand, like, right, this is a different model, different type of way, or yeah. hire different people that can have different ideas?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I would hold my hands up very quickly and say I am not a software engineer. We use a lot of software, yeah. but I'm not a software yeah. engineer. Uh, and, it, and it is a very different skill. It's a different way of working. So, you know, I, I've had to learn how how software interacts with the hardware that we have, how how the, how the whole system works. And we've got, you know, ultimately we end up with a system of systems and software is a big part of that. And software in our organisation can mean a whole, whole different layer of things. But what, what we've been really lucky with is putting together a team of people that do understand it. And you know we've got some sure, really good yeah. guys in the in, in the group that I can turn to, and I can and I can delegate that, and I can say, right, guys, this is this is where we're trying to get to. This is what we've got. This is the next thing that we need to do. And software is a key enabler in a lot of that. Um, you know, in our mission delivery, and our data delivery as well. And and again, it's it's quite different software that we need. But having the right people to talk to in the business to be able to kind of say, right, this is the overarching view. How how do how do you help us get there? How how do you fit into that whole picture to deliver the overarching right. view? Um, so you know that that that's the kind of approach that
0: we've been taking to that. Yeah, and this is and, and like you said, it's, that's about the delegation, isn't it? Having people that you trust and and working together collaboratively. One of the things they talk about a lot in software is obviously kind of agile, and I'm just quite kind of interested in you know when you send something into space. Obviously, there's so much investment you can't really be quite as agile i assume you could be agile maybe on the software but at some point you have to say right here's the satellite <laughs> you know let's put it into space and, and see if that works i mean what what is the process then you know how does how does that work uh, it,
1: it's uh when i start to talk to this I, I sometimes realize it's actually quite complicated um and you know it's, yeah, you're yeah. gonna see the yeah. end result but there's there's an awful oh, lot that's... of layers to it <laughs> Um so yeah. you know like we we have in, in the organization we have a whole load of different engineering disciplines, and we need all of them to be able to deliver a, a, an entire yeah. mission so we've got our missions team and they'll look at the um what does a customer need um they're looking for a certain kind of data, maybe they're looking for images or they're looking for some some i o t data or something like that, so they're they're they've got a need our missions guys will look at that, and they'll say, okay so. What do we need to deliver that? How many satellites? What orbit do they need to be in? Uh, What kind of coverage do we need? What sort of repeat time do we need? How how many um, downlinks do we need in a a day to get all the data down that we need? And it's going to vary from mission to mission. So those guys will look at all of that. Then they'll look at, in order to do that, what needs to be in that satellite? And all satellites, irrespective of the size of them, need certain things. They need power. They need a computer to basically tell it what to do. They need um, attitude control. Um, so they need to know where they are uh, where where they are in the orbit where they're pointing where they need to point um, and how to get there Um they need memory they need radio links um, and they need to survive so we'll look at all of that and that's a kind of platform and that's the, the bits of the satellite that's common across if it's a CubeSat for us or you know a geostationary telecom satellite we'll have different versions of it but the same the same kind of fundamental blocks. Then we'll look at how do we how do we fit that in the box that we need to get it into to be able to get it on the rocket to launch. Uh, so the systems guys will look at that. They'll look at it with the mechanical team, who'll look at okay, how does it survive the environment we need to get it up on the rocket? So we need to survive vibration, we need to survive once we're up there vacuum of space, the thermal environment. So we'll do a whole load of analysis on that. Um and parallel to that we're doing a whole load of control electronic, sorry, control systems and our attitude stuff. We've got models, we we simulate the orbits, we simulate where the satellite's pointing and how we can um, get it to where it needs to be. So we do all of that and we generate some software off of that. Um, We then go uh, down a layer into those subsystems, the power systems, the onboard computer, the software, the radios, and we look at what do we have in-house that we can use? um, What do we need to design? What do we need to buy? You know, and, and we're looking at how do we make sure we deliver the best mission possible. If it's something that we can use to, to add value specifically to what we are doing going forward, then it may be something we want to keep vertically integrated. But if it's something that's very specific to one mission, we might buy it. We might say, okay, there's, this mission needs a specific yeah. kind of camera payload. We'll buy that camera payload um, and it will give us the data yeah. and we'll, we'll do the rest of it and we'll deliver the mission. Then we'll go through. We'll do manufacture. So we 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 actually build a lot of the stuff ourselves. We we outsource some some supply chain stuff in terms of component assembly where it makes sense. But we also have the capability to build it in house. We then build the satellite. We then um, we'll go through a whole environmental test campaign, so our assembly integration and test stuff. Um, we'll build the satellite up. We'll put it through vibration testing, thermal vacuum testing, thermal cycling, um, creating the the Earth's magnetic fields. Um, and trying to simulate that to to prove that our our simulations and the control stuff work when we put it in hardware, we built it right. Um, Then we need to get to putting it on orbit. Um, So we'll have to engage with licensing and um, frequency coordination and all that kind of stuff. Then we'll work with a launch provider, we'll get that launched. And then we've got our operations team. And our operations team are then looking at how do we run that satellite, how do we get it to do what it needs to do once it's on orbit, how do we schedule it. Monitor the health of it and all that kind of stuff. So they're getting the data down, writing the script, scheduling that, and and getting every time it passes, getting the data down or scheduling where the data is going to come down. Um, And then, obviously, all of that and that complexity, once you're up, still not going to be perfect. So, to your point of being able to change things, what we've generally have done is we've designed a system that can have patches. We can patch software, we can make updates. So if we, if we yeah. for example, if we, if we were to put the satellite up and we find that um, in the orbit that we're in, we're actually getting some of our sensors are blinded by the sun or our mode of uh, control is not quite giving us what we want, we can send up patches to the software. Now, we need to be no. relatively safe on that um, because we, we will have a, a ground-based setup where we can try it out, make sure we think it's going to work, then we can send the patches up. So we've designed the system to be upgradable. And that's one of the things that right. is, is why software is really important is... Once you're up there, you can't change the hardware, but you can tweak things and you no, can no, do you things and you uh, can
0: try you it. Haven't you haven't got an astronaut in there kind of who can do stuff, have you? Kind of no. it's like a it's like sending a mobile phone up there, I guess a slightly slightly bigger mobile phone, but I'm like sending an iPad up there, I guess, isn't it really? That's that's what you've kind of got up there, isn't it? And, yeah. and um yeah, you've got to make sure that you can kind of move it and, 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 and play with it. And I think it's, you know, that's that's really interesting, but also, what you know, from the conversations we have with quiet space, is also, you know, that that industry the impact that it has on our everyday lives because some of the projects that you actually guys work on are, are really quite kind of important, really, aren't they? Yeah, I,
1: I think I think people don't always recognize how much they use space every day, um, you know, yeah. and like people talk about space as this kind of abstract idea. And when I was when I was kind of coming through university and stuff, they see space as astronauts launching from um cape canaveral um and it's not there's there's so much more to it than that that you know people people say that kind of thing and then they look at their mobile phone and your little blue dot on maps that's coming you know your gps signals coming from satellites Mm -hmm. in space it's not it's not our satellites to be fair but that's that you know those things touch your life all the time (laughs) telecom stuff is there all the time the 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 end of the market that we're in is is finding its feet is finding its uses and one of the things that's really important i think is figuring out for us in our industry, how do we add value to the entire space ecosystem and how you're using space? So yeah. we can get certain types of data that other people can't get because we're in low earth orbit, yeah. because we have really yeah. high um, repeat times, because we can put constellations of satellites up for the cost of what would traditionally have been a single satellite. You get different data sets right. and you can do you can do monitoring. You can do, so we have a, a mission just now um, that that we, we worked with, um, the University of um, North, Cal- North Carolina Wilmington um, and NASA on uh, ocean color monitoring. So they're looking at um, algae blooms and um, mm-hmm. coastal erosion and things like that. So they're gathering data about um, these, these scientific, uh, large-scale environmental impacts of things. And you're doing that from a from, from a satellite that weighs four kilograms, and you're getting images that are scientifically mm-hmm. important and relevant to, to that community. Um, and, and previously you know that that data would take a satellite was probably maybe i don't know a couple of hundred kilograms and and this this little thing can do that now and it it, it just changes the, the types of data you can get and the, the speed you can get it at as well so we are creating a, a kind of a different capability that uses the space environment as well that, that's that's starting to add to these things the other the other one that's quite common and, and people are looking a lot is iot you know, you've got sensors all over the world, and when you're in a metropo- uh, metropolitan area, it's you've got Wi-Fi, you've got phone signal, it's all very easy. But if you've got things in remote locations, it's it's not so easy. Yeah. So how, how are you getting those signals back? You're not laying optical fiber cables to, to every point in the world, mm-hmm. but satellites can give you that. They can give you that kind of that that um, mm-hmm. data data collection that you need. Um, and and you know, and that kind of thing is, is where we are finding that. We can add a lot of value to to what people are trying to do and and, and how the how they kind of the whole user space is changing.
0: Yeah, sounds like something I need in my back garden because I can't get any Wi-Fi <laughs> mobile. <out> there. <laughs> I guess that would be a bit expensive, but no, I mean I think you know what what I guess you're seeing then is that real kind of real changes coming out of the future business landscape. You know, like this has all been to me about a journey from. A business that was at the start of an industry to a business that's leading that industry, and you guys must be so excited about what 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 the future brings because it's it's not going to stop, is it? This you know the use of space is limitless. No,
1: no, it's 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 it's. Yeah. I mean, every every projection that I've seen is always that kind of hockey stick shape. You know, it's like it's, it's all exponential growth. It's all more use, more. Um, more capability, more satellites, more, and and you know that comes with its challenges as well. We need to we we need to be okay. conscious and careful about how we use space. Um, you know there, yeah. there's always there's always quite a lot of chat about space debris when it comes to Earth I thought these things, and you have to be responsible because you know if if we if we put things up that become space debris or or are not uh, controlled or planned, it, it essentially just ruins the industry for us. We 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 kill the yeah, resource yeah, that we want debris. to take advantage of. Yeah. So. I kind of pe- people talk to us about that and say, oh, but you're not just space debris. Like, Why would I want to be space debris? I want to use that yeah, yeah. that that capability to deliver my business. I want it as much to work as much as anybody else. So you know, yeah, we right, we, yeah. we do things in our, our technology to make sure that we're planning correctly. We are controlling it in a way that we we get the best out of what we've got, and then. When it's coming to end of life, we get it out of the way, or um, we have a plan for what's going to happen with that, because then we want to be able to put the next tele- technology up, and the next generation of satellites, and the new, the the the, the, the higher resolution images from from the small sats, or the next the next communication protocol. We want to be able to use that, so we don't want to ruin it either.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 your, you know, it's your. Um... It's your field isn't it it's, it's you know where you work is your kind of workplace in some ways yeah. isn't it my last question has been a fan- fascinating conversation andrew but you know for someone that wants to to kind of work for cloud space or move into the space industry you know is this something where you have to be a rocket science you have to do this type of thing or is it something that there are transferable skills or you can start you know learn earn, and learn your way into the trade
1: when I started, I didn't. I hadn't worked in space, and I hadn't studied space at university. And I came from an electronics background, um, and we use electronics. Yeah. Uh, software is used in lots of different industries. And actually, a lot of the time, one of the things we want to do is we want to look at it and say, the space industry is not the biggest industry in the world by any stretch mm. of your imagination. There are other industries that have done things well, and I've, I've I've learned a lot of things that we can take we can take benefit from. So there, there's loads of transferable skills. Um, yeah. There are times where it's important that you, you you're looking for people that do have space experience, and, and you know when you're looking for a level of a level of capability, there are some things that are quite nice to take time to learn, but there's also other routes yeah. in. There's lots of routes in, um, and you know, fr- from my experience, working with uh, with AEC Cloud Space when we started, there there wasn't an industry um in in the area the geographical area we were setting up we had to take people that weren't space industry and we had to work with them and get them to to where we needed them to be and i was one of those people so there's there's lots of different routes that you Mm -hmm. can go to to get into it yeah
0: and are you proud to be a kind of a leader of you know obviously there is a quite a large space industry in scotland but you you proud to be a kind of leader in in that particular location
1: absolutely i mean i like it's it's probably one of the things that I get I get the most pride out of is the fact that I look back at when we started and there was really very very little there were there were pockets of things going on and now we are seen as a a, a a kind of a leader in in the world in terms of what we can do in the space industry and 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 we do we get called out as an area that builds so many satellites you know at one point we were talking about the fact that we built more satellites in Glasgow than anywhere outside of Silicon Valley in the world you know so to, to have helped create something that has that kind of impact and adds that value and is that interesting is is, is a great source of pride for me.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, no, it's, it's been great to speak to you. I could, I could speak to you all day. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, you know, there's so much, so much interesting stuff to learn and uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. And uh, I'm sure our video editing people will uh, s- stitch this all together. But what people don't know is that I poured all coffee over my laptop halfway through, so I had to stop, but, you know... We're so professional, Andrew. We managed to kind of go through with no, with no gaps and no, no glitches. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure
1: it'll so be seamless.
0: So thank you very much. Yeah. So thanks very much for your time today. Great no to hear more about your journey and also Clyde Space journey, and also you know get an understanding of what the space industry is going to kind of do in the future. So thank you very much and no thanks for your time today. Yeah,
1: Thanks for having me.